Welcome to the Pages to Pictures podcast, the show where we discuss the art of adaptation from one storytelling medium into another. Each episode revolves around a single film based on pre-existing stories or franchises and asks three questions specific to the adaptation. Your hosts are James Janowski, giant Cincinnati Reds fan, screenwriter, and screenwriting instructor at the School of Visual Arts in New York City and Screen Experience at ScreenExperience.com. Skid Marr, a founding member of the Glass Cannon Network, podcaster extraordinaire, and a guy who gets paid to play role-playing games. And Andy Schmidt, former Marvel Comics editor, writer of comics, graphic novels, video games, children's books, former director of intellectual property and development at Hasbro, and founder of the online comic book school, Comics Experience. Now get ready for the nerdiest podcast in history. And welcome to Pages to Pictures. Welcome to Pages to Pictures. Uh, I'm Andy Schmidt, and today we're going to be talking about I Kill Giants with James Janowski and Skid, our regular crew. Hey, guys. Hey. Oh, hello. It's so <laughs> joyous to, have, to be back with you guys. Um, <laughs> it seems like... Such a short time ago, we were... I was going to say rapturous, but joyous works too. Oh, yes! It seems like so long ago that we were talking about how weird it was that 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 James was in such a good mood. Has that persisted, James? Are you still feeling all right? I am still in a good mood, and I and I don't know if it's you guys or the whiskey, but uh, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> uh, well, whiskey, there's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a podcast about whiskey instead. <laughs> uh, well, either way that's fine that reminds me my wife who teaches at an elementary school sent me a text yesterday that was just a, a picture that said you know what rhymes with monday bourbon <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i was Always, uh, the clever <laughs> yeah i was suddenly reminded of why i married her <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about I Kill Giants. I Kill Giants is the film uh, opening Friday, March 23rd, or opens Friday, March 23rd, um, directed by Anders Walter on a screenplay by Joe Kelly, adapted from the graphic novel I Kill Giants, um, published by Man of Action as an imprint of Image Comics, written by Joe Kelly, so he adapted the graphic novel himself. Um, and illustrated by Ken Nomura. Um, and so that's what we're going we're gonna to be talking about. So unlike Black Panther, where we had um, dozens of decades, it felt like, of, of material to, to sift through and, and go through, we have one book, I Kill Giants, the one book, and then, and then the film that it's based on that, that uh, we've all had a chance to see. So um, I came up with a couple of questions, but James actually got to interview uh, both Joe Kelly and Anders Walter. So he has more inside knowledge on this one than I do. But uh, so we've got our, we've got our questions. Should we just jump, jump in? Do or it. do you guys want to give a quick, you liked the film, you liked the book. Why don't we start with that real quick? And um, Skid, you want to start us off how you felt about the book and then the film? I love the book. I had never heard of it and I read it in one sitting and it shattered me. I was, I was in tears. I was in absolute tears like at the end of the book. And, uh, I really liked the movie too. And same thing happened to me. 
and uh, I was watching with my friend and she didn't know like what, what was happening, what was, what was going, what the whole story was about. And she was in tears and she was just like, yeah, ambushed me with this story. I thought it was just about a girl fighting giants. It's like, well, it is. And it is. <laughs> Um, but I love, I love the book and I really like the movie. Yeah. I, I love the book. Uh, I got emotional at, at the tail end of the book when there's, there's something that we'll probably discuss at some point that happens, uh, in it. Uh, the film itself, I was a little, uh, I'm not quite sure about it's, it's, it, uh, I'm, I'm okay with the film. I'm not quite sure if it, 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 it translated as well as the book to film. Um, uh, but I, the the book itself, um, uh, I would I really really enjoyed. Okay, yeah, and I um I also really enjoyed the book. And one of the things that I loved about that book was Nomura's artwork, like his ability to illustrate, um, like just through the style of illustration, the like the the feeling of the awkwardness of of Barbara, the main character, and that kind of thing. I just thought yeah, it was true was so pitch Definitely. perfect for that for that story. That reading it, I was, I, you know, I mean, I knew we were going to do the podcast and everything. That then reading it, um, I found that I was, like, I was almost sad reading it that the movie wouldn't be in an art style. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was a drawback so that felt, the movie had was that it it didn't have that 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 artistic impact, that visceral kind of that that you you just talked about. It it doesn't have that option. Right. But I uh, but I feel like they tr they attempted to do that. They they there was um there's certain things that happen in the film that I think that uh, were trying to give us that kind of effect and that kind of response to it. But I'm not quite sure if it works as well as uh, the the graphic novel itself. So the first question that we had was actually about the the art style and and uh, James. I think you'd be a good one to to sort of tackle this. Um, so the first question was, with such a unique and visceral art style, did the filmmakers successfully capture the essence of Ken Nomura's work, toggling the line between reality and imagination in the film? It sounds like you've got a little insight on that and some thoughts on it. So, James, you want to tackle yeah, on? Yeah, you know, in the film, they, they really made a point of trying to uh, make sure that the uh, the uh, somebody who's watching the movie, the audience, is not quite sure if these giants are real or not. And, um, but... You know, there's a certain hyper awareness in a, uh, when it comes to film that uh, when you put something on the screen, it feels more real than 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 uh, than maybe something in a, in, a, in a graphic novel. And I really felt as though that they they've made some choices, specifically in the very beginning of the movie, to make sure that you that you really questioned it and you thought that they that there was that these giants were real and that. Um, uh, it just wasn't something that she was making up in her head. Um, and when I say that, the, the protagonist, um, uh, Barbara. And to me, I'm not quite sure if that worked as well as what was going on in the graphic novel where they were kind of keeping things um, back a little bit. Um, uh, I was scared. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I felt it was a different approach because at first it is like, oh yeah the giants are meant to be real that really exists in the world but then the longer that movie goes you start to i started to question that too whereas in the book it's from right off the bat you feel like i mean i felt like this is all happening this is definitely all happening in her head and i definitely yeah i thought it was a lot more effective 
I thought it was devastating when the giant shows up like at the end of the book and it's like oh wow okay <laughs> they are actually real and, and you know i that i i i like the book's approach better i didn't like the book's approach better well i think that also segues nicely into one of the other questions we had because there was one thing that just really really stood out out to me that one very distinct um storytelling choice that i think really changes the way the narrative flows and the way the reader or viewer um reacts which is in the book the line and i believe it's in the in the trailer uh even you know the, the line i find giants i hunt giants i kill giants is used mm -hmm. very early on to establish barbara's character it establishes the tone of the book it hits the premise you know, I mean, there's no question what this book is about at that point. It's, I mean, it's only a few pages in and it sets up almost a challenge to both the reader and her classmates. And in the, in the book, she says it in the classroom and in the film, she says it to one other character to Sophia. Um, in the film, the line is moved um, much later uh, and, and she says it only to Sophia. Um, and I, I think that decision uh, just really affects the way the narrative flows and the way that, that as a, as somebody, I don't know, we want to like consuming the media really reacts to the story and reacts to those characters. Um, so, you know, in the book, it just set up immediately that this is what this book is about. This is what Barbara's about. This is the tone of the story. Whereas there's a build, um, to that in the film that's not in the, I just thought that was a really, really interesting story choice because it seems like such a concrete starting point for that book to then move that later in the film. But it also allowed them to do some things narratively that were different and a little bit interesting. One of which is spend a little bit more time kind of convincing you that the giants are are real because you you open up on, on sort of this. It's not a montage sequence, but she's going around town. And she's like setting the traps and like baiting the things and you're kind of asking like, Oh, what's this about? What's that about? That doesn't happen at all in the graphic novel. She just comes out and says, this is what I do. We'll, we'll explain giants later. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, yeah. I, I love that. I, in, in the book, it's a, it's a career day in her classroom and she's in the back and she's reading her book while everyone's paying attention to the guest. And to me, for her to make that declaration in the classroom with the, all the students, with the teacher there, I thought that had a, a better resonance for the the type of book we were getting ready to see and the character itself. And in the, in the movie, in the film, because of it, because it's moved back and it's only Sophia, I thought it lost a little bit of its uh, importance um, because she's only saying it to her newly minted friend, Sophia. Yeah, that's, yeah, she's so brash. Uh, in the book, it's just like she doesn't care what anyone thinks, and uh, the, that kind of declaration to everybody is is great in the book. And yeah, you do lose you know, a little bit of that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great point, Skip. Because uh, there was I, I, in the book, she's really is brash. She really is like I, I don't care what anybody thinks. And in the movie, I feel like that the character uh, in the film loses a little bit of that. A little and, bit, uh, a little bit of yeah, it. not not, but in in the in the book, she's definitely uh, a little more um, headstrong and yeah. brash about what she's doing, and uh, I I think that helps 
one I think that's why I think I may like the um one of the reasons why I like the graphic novel a little bit more. There's a lot in the in in the book and the film about secrets. Um about sort mm-hmm. of, you know, keeping secrets from one another and, and even, you know, the giants are sort of kept secret and and keeping secrets from oneself. And I thought that, you know, in the book, one thing that was not kept as a secret is that she's a giant hunter. Like, I mean, she, like we were, you were saying, boldly stays in the classroom. And so I, I did feel that that being kept as a secret, something that Sophia had to kind of get to and earn, and then that was the secret, sort of diminished the impact of, you know, what I consider the, the real secret you know, that that kind of comes up later. Yeah. So I thought those kind of, in the film, sort of fought each other in a way that they didn't, you know, they're sort of competing for the same sort of narrative space in a way that that didn't happen in the graphic novel. But James, am I right that that when you were talking with the director, Andrews Walter, who um, is, a, is already a very accomplished director, having won an Academy Award already. Um, yes. <clears throat> Uh, he he had some he had some really interesting insight that I think goes to kind of the heart of what what our show is 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 about, which is all of the different things that come into play when adapting something from one medium to the other. And he had some insights, didn't he? Yeah, he, you know, it's one of those where um, when we start to look at a film that's been, that's been adapt or been adapted from some some kind of source material, something written, we can we we forget that there's budgetary concerns with a film that's a little bit different than with a graphic novel where you can put anybody at any place, any time, and all it's all up to the, the artist to, to put them there. And, and it's, there's no increase in the budget. And this was a smaller movie. Uh, and so there was choices that need to be made. And I, Sometimes there's happy accidents when you make when you have to make those choices, something that you maybe didn't anticipate, or because you have to do it, it just becomes a little bit better um, scene or film or sequence. And in this case, there was some um, uh, budgetary concerns, and that's why they had to move and uh, uh, some of the material around. And I think that actually um, uh, hurt the film in the, in the long run. Something I I would like to be clear on is that i mean in in our conversation so far we've been sort of comparing the book to the film and and it sounds like generally speaking you know we we liked the way that certain things narratively were handled in the book a little bit more than the movie but but i just kind of want to clarify we all seem to have actually really enjoyed the film like if i hadn't just read the book you know but like i'd be i'd be raving about this film and i don't want i just want to make sure we don't lose sight of the fact that the film is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, mean, I was I really, thinking. Like, I really was moved by the by the by, by the film. Yeah, it's I was only yeah, it's, in comparison to the source material. That yeah, I I uh, I would agree with that in the sense that uh, there was been moments where I'm thinking I read the novel and now all of a sudden I'm doing this comparing and contrasting, and I'm like, this isn't fair. This is uh, you know, if I had seen the movie first, I'd be going, this is a really wonderful uh, you know a film, and I would be telling people to go see it. And it's only that point where because you're 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 trying to compare and contrast and talk about how they actually adapted this thing that uh that you have to um take that into account. Yeah, I I've, debated I've actually already I, Oh go ahead. Sorry. I I, I debated watching the movie first or reading the book first just for that because I I didn't I wasn't sure which impression I wanted to taint. <laughs> But I and I got the book. 
before I got the movie. So I was just like, I just read the book, but it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I mean, my, uh, I, I'm taking my 10 year old to see this film opening weekend. Like, I mean, I like the film so much. I was like, you, you got to see this. Normally I would have him read the book first, but he's actually reading quite a lot right now. So I'm going to go ahead and let him skip the book on this one, but it wouldn't surprise me if, he winds up reading the book too. There's a little, you know, some of the material in it is a little heavy for my younger son. I think, mm -hmm. um, I just think I'd wind up sort of, you know, leaning over and explaining things that I don't feel like explaining. Um, and probably people near me aren't going to want me to be explaining, <laughs> <laughs> but I, my 10 year old, I think my 10 year old will, will, will love it. You know I mean? I think he's just going to go crazy for it. And, and, and it's so emotional. It's got such an impact, both I thought the, the film and the book, um, getting back to secrets a little bit there, there are so many secrets in, in the book and in the, and in the, the movie, there's all these things that are, you know, what's hidden inside of her, her heart shaped purse. There's what's hidden inside the house. She doesn't want to go upstairs. Um, there are all these little secrets all around. She's hiding traps and all these sorts of things that I've, that I I don't know how intentional secrecy is as like a theme. Like I don't know that the that the the creators involved necessarily thought I want to do a project about secrets, but it felt so pervasive to me that that I was really interested. I found um, both in the film and in the and in the book. Um, I found myself thinking about secrets and the secrets that we keep from our keep from ourselves and 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 I just wondered if if that was just me did I just pick up on something or was that something that you guys saw and 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 found interesting thematically as well Yeah that was something that I loved in the book that I wasn't sure that they would be able to make it work in the same way in the movie was the secret in the house, like the, the, the secret that she's keeping upstairs and the way that whenever it's discussed in the book, they just scribble out the words like in the word bubbles that like they scratch it yeah, out. That was very cool. And it was so effective. And it was like, how can you do that in a movie? Like what? Cause obviously you can't do that. What, what can you do? That's going to have the equivalent effect. And I thought they did a pretty good idea. You know, they basically just kind of muted out the sound a little bit whenever someone starts talking about it. But it's uh, but that was just something. It was so frightening, like in the book, that I just I don't know how you could have matched that. But that, uh, yeah, yeah. And those stairs in the book are drawn like there's something out of like some sort of like horror. Like they're all scratchy looking, and and they're yeah. rendered. You know, the 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 illustration. You know, the the drawings are rendered very differently, and they're very there's a looseness to Nomura's style, certainly. Um, but they're rendered so dark and so scratchy and it feels yeah, like the style a shifts completely in, yeah, in that feels in like those moments. A monster up there. Um, exactly. And I thought that that was really, really effective and provided a point of contrast to when you find out what that secret is upstairs, what is locked upstairs, that that, yeah. again, that sort of visceral, monstrous, horrifying thing up there that's yelling you know, with these scribbled like giant letters on the page. And then when you find out what's really up there and it's this, it's this much quieter, softer, you know, loving thing that's up there that, that she's afraid of. Um, yeah. 
created such a contrast. I just thought that was that was really, really powerful in the graphic novel. And what was interesting to me was while that contrast in the film wasn't there, because I think you would have had, you know, they just didn't, they didn't, you know, try and dress that stairs going upstairs, you know, that way. They just didn't, didn't try to mimic that exactly, which I think is fine. Like sometimes it's better to find a completely different approach that that works well for that, for the medium you're in. And I think they did. What was interesting to me was that they were so different. Like it was this contrast of the stairs to what was there in the book that, that really resonated and, and really hit me emotionally. And yet in the film, because they didn't go so, so over the top dark and horror with what was upstairs, they went with a much more subtler sort of unsettling sort of approach to what was going on upstairs. But then they also extended and, and added more on to the scene when she finally confronts her fear that, that I found that I had an, an equally powerful emotional response at sort of at the climax of the film that I did with the book, but they were different. And I thought yeah. that, that was really fascinating. Um, well, that's me. interesting. Um, it, you had a, a, a similar response. I, or a different response. Um, I actually had the same exact response in the book that I had in the film. And I thought that was really amazing that somehow, even though maybe they, they altered and, and extended certain things. And um, I had the exact same emotional response at the exact same time in the, in the, in the book and as well as in the film. And I, and I thought that was really well done and really um, a testament to the, to the filmmaking that they were able to accomplish that. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I would, I mean, I shouldn't say, I mean, I, I didn't want to make that sound like my response was totally different. Like, I mean, it's the same <laughs> general, like, emotional, emotion. Be I got to walk away but it was two different approaches that both left me in tears on the floor. Right, exactly. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> and, and I think that that's very rare. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that usually when you have two different approaches to get to the same emotional space on the same material, typically I think I would come away with that going, well, I, this one worked, this one didn't, you know, that's sort of, you know, when I'm comparing them mm -hmm. and, and what I came away with here is those were two different approaches to get to the same emotional place, at the same point in the narrative. And they both worked really, really effectively. And I think that that's fascinating. And, and, and I think that speaks to the level of, of, if you want to call it craftsmanship, I guess, um, of both, you know, um, Kelly and Namora on the graphic novel, and then both Kelly again and and uh, Walter on the on the film. That that I mean, clearly we're dealing with people that know exactly how to get their hooks in you emotionally, <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 kind of you know claw at you until you're devastated apparently <laughs> i mean i mean this is so uh, yeah it's just so um brutal in in places and that that was something about barbara's character that i found really interesting is that she's both tragic um and she's very dark um there's a lot of anger you know she she hits a teacher at one point and um and that deepens the emotional impact i felt of barbara's actions um and so one of the things that i was trying to look for and i think you guys were too was did the filmmakers bring out barbara's full range both her darkness 
but also her innocence. Do you, do you think that that translated from the graphic novel to the film effectively as I, well? Yeah, I, I definitely, the her being troubled uh, with whatever this emotional issue is that she's having, uh, I thought they uh, adapted that into the, the film quite well. And it worked, it was quite effective. And, um, you know, and the, the whole idea that she's hunting these giants and she's really, it's this uh, escape to um, to not deal with reality that I, I thought both was handled well in both of them. Um, and the ultimate message, which is you're stronger than you realize. And at the end of the, both the, the written text, the, the graphic novel and the film, uh, I thought was very positive and very good. And I thought both of those were handled extremely well. And um, uh, so that, that's all I have. I will say that I was a little bummed out. First of all, one of the things that I loved about the book is that it involves two of my favorite things on earth, which is Dungeons and Dragons and baseball. These are very <laughs> important thematic elements of the book. That is one true. of those that elements is basically excised from the movie. <laughs> yes. For a large part. And that's the other thing is, uh, cause she in the, in the movie, they make it pretty clear that she doesn't have any friends at all. Uh, until she meets Sophia. Whereas in the book, she does have a group of friends, like her brother's friends in the book, in the, in the movie, they're sitting around playing video games and she's trying to convince them to play Dungeons and Dragons with her and they blow her off because she's a nerd. But in the book, they're playing with her. She's just a really angry, crappy dungeon master. Um, <laughs> you, <know. laughs> you, so, you do have some experience well, with it. I yeah. do. <laughs> wait a minute. 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 In, in, the, in the book, she's like the, the grand dungeon master, and they, they think she's an excellent player, but I guess as you, you know, you're an expert, so that you're like, well, oh, she's I'm not quite sure. She's, no, no, she is. I think she's a great dungeon master, but she also... <laughs> He also vindictively kills a character, a, a, one of her friend's characters for, because he annoyed her. So, uh, <laughs> okay. that, you know, so that was one thing, but that's not okay. That's not okay in D and D that's, oh, you know, it, that's, that's the game. Master <laughs> prerogative. I'm not going to judge anyone, <laughs> but, uh, the other thing is, I think in both versions of the story, her relationship with Sophia is just really got to me and i actually really loved sophia's character in the movie uh she's in she's she's kind of in the book she's almost she's you know she's very naive and almost a little i don't want to say dim but she's a, a little you know a little there's something a little off about her whereas in the movie she's just from england it's like oh well okay that <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, it's a, it's the sweetest friendship. And there's the moment, oh my God, even just thinking about it now, when Sophia like leaves her the note saying like, are we still friends? If yes, check this box. Yes. It's like, oh, yes. oh, it just got to me. So, but in the movie, I, I like, I love the actress's portrayal in the movie. Like she was, she was fantastic. And I, I did like the, <laughs> the decision to turn her from slightly dim to English. But uh, <laughs> well, that's uh, that's the art of adaptation, right there. I, I'm right. so glad you brought that up because Sophia was exactly what I was going to bring up next. As as that relationship and that character, I thought were were actually significantly 
amped up or improved upon or 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 developed more fully in the film. I agree with you completely about that. Um, and yeah, I think the the most emotional moment for me was actually was that was that note that you were just talking oh, about when yeah, when really. she's run running oh. away from the school. And Sophia chooses not to go with her, and I forget exactly what the line is, but it's something like, you know, are you... You have to decide whether to be a coward or a warrior. A coward or, or a warrior, yeah. And yeah. you have to decide. And then she goes back into school, and then Barbara runs back up and shows her the note, and she checked yes, that they are still friends. Like, yeah. that, to me, was like this... It was it was simultaneous. It, and this is such a hard thing to, to pull off with an audience, but it was simultaneously uplifting and heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, and I felt that and I felt that that friendship meant a lot more because she didn't have those friends that she, you know, had, even though she was a pretty crappy dungeon master. Um, <laughs> like she didn't have any other friends. You're right. They isolated her better or more effectively in the film. Yes. Um, and and fleshed Sophia out, whereas in the in the book, I feel like she's largely there so that Barbara has somebody to talk to, like to yeah. Like, not not just to get exposition out. It's not it's not handled that way. I mean, she is a character, but but um, but she's there to to help bring Barbara out. Whereas in the film, I felt like she had her own story. She had her own um, maybe not demons, but her own issues that she was dealing with, being new to the school and all that kind of stuff. And I really felt that that relationship was very very strong in the, in the film and very effective in a way um, that enhanced the 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 narrative version in the film agreed yeah make yeah making her an outsider um someone new to the community i, I think was a, a very uh astute move mm -hmm. um and it really helped that relationship uh, in the film yeah that was a cool way to do it i i agree well we've we have actually uh managed to get to the end of our our questions that we had sort of pre pre-programmed here so um, was there anything that, that either of you wanted specifically to bring up that, that you thought stood out um, or, uh, or should we just go into sort of your, our end review notes and, uh, uh, and wrap up? Actually, there was something that I wanted to mention from the, from the art perspective from the book was looking at it again. Uh, I, you know, I, I talked about before how, how deeply affected I am by by real pure heroism in stories. It's like why Captain America is my favorite Marvel character because he's doesn't have, he's just, he's not as powerful as everyone else. He just he doesn't have the superpowers. He's, he's vulnerable, but he's just driven by this real altruism, selflessness. And there's a lot of that in, in uh, Barbara too. And looking at the art, what she actually looks like to me with uh, when she's wearing her ears and with, with her big glasses on, she looks like Arthur from the tick from the tick. Yeah. Ah, yes. And uh, I was like, and that's the same kind of thing. This is a guy with no powers. He has a sort of special suit and that's it. But he goes out <laughs> because he's the right thing to do, you know? And it's like, <laughs> that's, it's the same. It was like, I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it, that really made kind of an impact on me. Uh, for me, you know, in the middle of the film or in the beginning middle, um, there's a moment where <clears throat> uh, Barbara is 
telling Sophia about these giants and going through each type of giant. And in the, uh, and in the film, they use this animation by Philip Berg. <clears throat> and I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, and it really kind of made what these giants are in her mind, in Barbara's mind, really pop and really uh, uh, come to life in, in a way that I don't think if they did it in a CGI way would have been um, as effective. And uh, that was something that I, I really enjoyed and really liked. and. Uh, 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 and I thought that was a nice touch. It reminded yeah, was... me of something in which which Harry Potter is one of the Harry Potter it's movies when they're talking the Deathly about Hallows the... Part One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Part it was One was a great sequence, and yeah. in, in yeah, it's it, by far the best part of that film. Not that I'm saying yeah. the film's not good, but like, man, I remember seeing that in the theater, and when they got to that animated sequence with the three, <laughs> yeah, it was super cool. And I, I, I got the same sort of. Same sort of vibe, and and the giants was the one thing that I was going to bring up. So I'm glad you did, James. But I thought that the giants were handled very, very well in the film, mm -hmm. um, very effectively in the book, also, but equally effectively in the in the film. And there's 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 some really cool stuff that that you know, and this is an example where they used an advantage or an aspect of filmmaking that 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 you don't have in the book. There's that sequence where she's in where Barb's in the woods and. You know, she kind of there's this giant sort of like hunting her in the background and you can see it. But but because it's far off, it's with that aerial perspective where it's just a little hazy that day. It's like a little little layer of fog. Like, am I seeing it? Am I not? And you can pull that off so effectively in film in a way that wouldn't quite work, um, you know, in the book. And so that was a that was a really good, you know, very specific example of them making choices for the medium that they were in that, that I thought was super effective in the film uh what they did in the book and those sequences also very effective but but i thought you know really effective given the the medium that they were working with um i yeah. thought the giants were handled really well uh in 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 the film as well yeah and that's one thing that i missed was the fairies from the comic book uh from the graphic <clears throat> novel yeah. uh, which i assume were probably cut for budgetary reasons um, well, I felt like they added they added a, a little something there. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but where she's going through the school and she's counting all these things within the, uh, uh, I felt like that was kind of like trying to add something that they didn't have. Uh, um, do you know the what I'm what I'm talking about? Yeah, when she's the the little <clears throat> talismans or whatever. Yeah, which I didn't really understand. I didn't. Do you know what she was doing? <laughs> I wasn't sure I understood that either, which I think may be part of the reason why it why it wound up getting cut. Like, I mean, I when I it's been a couple of weeks now since I read it, and I felt like I understood it at the time. But I, mean, I think even if I tried to explain it right after I finished the book, I'm not sure I would have <laughs> succeeded. Well, I think, but one thing that I did like that they added, I don't think this these were in the book. Were the Harbingers? They weren't in the book, were they? They didn't yeah, have the, the same. The Harbingers are in the book. Yeah, but they don't, but their role is expanded in the film. Yeah, and I thought the design for the Harbingers was fantastic. Was cool. Yeah, they were yes. really cool. They reminded me of a combination. Speaking of Harry Potter, Dementors and uh, Death from uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life. It's like you combine the two things, and uh, that's interesting because they were cool. they reminded me of uh, 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 the the evil creatures in the Dark Crystal. 
but that's because I'm old. I thought I about that. The Skeksis. <laughs> I, I thought about that too. I thought about that too. Yeah. With the hunched uh, backs. Oh my God. The, you yeah. guys are nerds. Yeah. No, no, no. We, <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I was telling I was telling Skid before we started recording that I that I recently started re-listening to the Glass Cannon podcast, and yeah. on like the very the very first episode, I think when they go around they introduce themselves, they refer to, to Skid as the king of all nerds. <laughs> and and uh, once again, uh, you know, just proven correct. It's a lot to look. I, I want to. I want to keep up, but I don't think I'm going to make it. I'll, I'll keep working on it, guys. But uh, <laughs> right, wow. Well, they are Speaking making crystal. <laughs> there's a Netflix series coming out, and a new Dark Crystal series TV series coming out from Netflix soon. That if someone you've worked with, Andy, is is uh, the showrunner on uh, Javier Grio, Mark's Walk. Oh, really? I didn't realize Javi was doing that. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, now I have he's to the showrunner. Right. That's awesome. Javi is Javi is a super cool and talented writer yeah. so i think that's going to be it's likely going to be quite good yeah um yeah uh speaking of nerdy things uh i think there's a good segue into what our next episode is going to be the next episode after this one is going to be on ready player one so oh, yes. uh we've already dived into the book the three of us um i'm not quite finished with it but i'm i'm getting there and i will be i will be ready and we will be um, watching the movie opening weekend and, and recording. We'll get the episode posted that following week as, as quickly as we can. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting conversations around around that one. And it'll be, you know, it's, it's kind of fun that our first three episodes, one is from a collection of comics over several decades. Uh, the, the, you know, this one is from a very specific book you know graphic novel and then our next one is from a novel and and i think there's gonna be a lot to discuss and there's a lot <laughs> of you know there's a lot of uh opinions very strong opinions about that <laughs> novel uh out there that uh that i think will also be part of the discussion so we'll, we'll have that up soon but uh guys thanks for for spending the time you know reading the book and seeing the movie and and james for doing the interviews which uh hopefully i'll be able to cut in here and um and we'll all be Talking soon. Uh, any yeah. last things? What are you? What are you guys working on? Let's go there real quick. What are you guys working on? Skid, what's going on with with you and the network and everything? We we've been working really hard on a. We're making a, a Starfinder themed uh, podcast. It's a, it's a science fiction version of Pathfinder, the game we play on our normal Glass Cannon podcast. And we have been having so much fun with it. Like we had a session the other night that was some of the most fun I've had in years. And I am so excited that launches in late April. So I'm super excited about that. And um, for me, uh, about five, six years ago, I started giving awards to film students at Columbia University, the School of Visual Arts and at NYU. And uh, I received links last week to watch 15 to 20 student films from NYU, uh, animated uh, graduate and undergraduate films. And so I'm looking forward to watching those and uh, choosing those uh, students uh, for, for, for an award. And I that's think that's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and, go ahead. And this summer I'm uh, teaching screenwriting on Screen Experience. Uh, so check that out at ScreenExperience.com. Yeah. Um, so ScreenExperience.com is also something I'm working on. 
Um, and we are, in addition to James's screenwriting classes, which are, which are going to be excellent. We also have classes on animation and storyboarding and character design and, and all that good stuff. Um, I'm actually pretty soon heading out here, um, to next week to Chicago for C2E2, the, the comics, uh, pop culture convention where, uh, a new series that I wrote is premiering. Achilles Incorporated is premiering at the show, four issues. Um, from SourcePoint Press, which is the publisher that, that Comics Experience, the other part of Screen Experience, um, has a partnership with them. So we, we help uh, with our comics classes and, and we've got a, an online workshop and all that sort of stuff. We help talent uh, talented people develop their skills and, and then we provide a potential path at least to, uh, to publication in the comics industry. So been working on that, been working on that book. I've got a uh, a how-to book coming out in June The um, from Impact Books. Um, they do a lot of like how-to books on, on art, um, but Impact Books is publishing the Comics Experience Guide to Writing Comics and Graphic Novels, uh, which I wrote and worked on for a little over a year, so that's really exciting. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. Cool. A lot of traveling I'm, coming up. I'm personally really excited for that Achilles thing, just from what little I've read uh, from when you were been working on it it's it's i think it's really exciting i think it's gonna i'm I'm excited about it i think it's gonna be really good thanks me too yeah all right well that's it for this episode and we'll see you next time when we're talking about uh ready player one yeah bye <laughs> take care <laughs> <laughs>